Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. Welcome to Barbecue Nation with JT and Leanne After Hours, the conversation that continued after the show was done. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey everybody, I JT here, and uh, Leanne is on the other microphone, and we've got Will Homer with us today for After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. We thank you for listening. This is the fun part of the show. At least for us, because we get to <laughs> we, we get to torment the guests even more than mm-hmm. we do in the regular hour. So uh, I'll, I'm, I'm going to give Will a break today. He just had a very traumatic experience uh, <laughs> flying home from Texas. Damn ducks. They beat us together. Ah, I tried. I, tried. I know you did. I, we were texted back and forth in the game, and then I uh, I could I couldn't even towards the end of the game I couldn't even text you anymore. I was like. Oh, uh, like my, oh. bro- my brother called me up right after the game and he goes, those guys could fall in a bucket of shit and still come out. And, oh, uh, my God. It and we don't funny. have to edit that out on this part of the show. So <laughs> anyway, I don't know if you're aware, Leanne, but uh, Will's youngest son goes to college in Texas and they played the Ducks, Oregon Ducks, and they had them on the ropes for three and a half quarters. They had them on the ropes. And yes, then right. I actually did see it here about that. Yeah. yeah. And then they came in at the end and I, and I won't tell you what I said. I'm pretty sure Will no. said something along those same lines, but because uh, <laughs> we're, we're, we're Oregon state guys. So it's a little rivalry thing. there going with the ducks anyway. Okay. First question. Would you recommend a career like yours to someone who's just starting out? I don't know what my career is. So um, (laughs) putting up with us, I don't, you know, I, I, there's not a lot of people in this business, um, but I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't take to the, I don't know. I've had it pretty damn good where I'm at. So I cannot complain one ounce, but it is pretty crazy chaotic you don't ever touch anything yet. You're responsible for everything. My name's my name's on the, you know, my my name's on the the, the everybody in the cattle business thinks I'm doing something special, but they want more money. They the the my name's on the boxes, so everything wrong with the box is me. Every one of these little boxes up here is somebody else's hands moving, picking a box up and putting it on a pallet, which never works right. right. Um. And it's not, it's the return on investment is not nearly good enough. So I don't know. I don't know if I don't know where the glamour is and a a cattleman can get some glamour out of it. He feels good about raising cattle and putting them in a box, but there's a lot of stuff in here in between where there's just great big shoulders who have to carry this around. And I don't know. I don't, I can't say. I can't say this is a 
great place to be. So I think my kid end- was working with us for yeah. a while and, and he, he liked it all and he spoke it all and he, and, but I, I can't say because we don't do anything. We don't touch anything. We don't, we're not responsible. We're responsible for everything. We don't do anything. So you work at the government then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they do things. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Okay. Have you ever come across a food item that you could just not tolerate or master in your cooking? And and Will cooks, folks. Will does cook. So a little bit, a little bit. But have you ever come Uh, come across one? Oh, my goodness. Well, let me ask it this way. What's the worst thing you've ever eaten and went, oh, Jesus, I'm never doing that again. That's the problem. I have something in my head. I can't remember what the heck it was. But, you know, some of these foreign meals, I have to tell you, when we bring them to the United States, and we've talked about this before, we we Americanize them with our spices and our flavors and our things, because I've been overseas and done some things. And there are some stuff out there that's just really needs some help. But I can't remember what it was. My brain doesn't work anymore because of all this. So- <laughs> well, if you think of it, it chime in. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Stay away from it, whatever it was. Yeah. Uh Well, name something then that maybe this will help you. Name something that you were really hot on for a while and then changed your mind. Well, we've kind of done everything first and early. We did when we were when we were young and, and just starting out, we knew that you had to make the whole carcass go away. So we worked with um we worked with the group to make a pre-seasoned product in a two-pound bag and then sell it. And we tried to even sell it online when the internet was new, 1996 and 7. And um, it, it, we were just ahead of our time. I see stuff just like it in the case today. And I go, my God, look at that. Yeah. Um, we made the roast, you know, the roast beef and the and the barbecued brisket and stuff. We sent it off to the Midwest and we had it put in the two pound packages that you put in the oven and all that stuff. And, and it was just ahead of its time. It didn't work. We couldn't make it work. And now look at it's everywhere. And, and it's just a lot of those kinds of things that it just, now we just can't put them together. We just, we just, I don't know. I've kind of, and the problem is with that is, this business seems like a person like me needs to change jobs a lot. And and we work with a lot of salespeople and such with Tyson and our relationship there and production that they change positions a lot. And I can see that's important because you get to in this, I'm the kind of guy, well, hell, I tried it. It didn't work. Let's do, you know, let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's not do that again. So I don't know. Not very good at that. Okay. So if you could teach a politician about the meat business, which politician would it be? Oh, it would be the one who runs for Senator Ed Grassley's position and takes it in that gra- in the Ed yeah. Grassley, the one in Nebraska, uh, I Iowa, think they have Iowa, a, I think Iowa, they have yeah. a lot of cattle. They have a lot of cattle clout there and a lot of strength there. But the guy that's there now, he's not getting the job done, but I think that they could, they could have some, they need to understand the system better. But, you know, Beef U, Beef University would be, it would be a good hard year. It, it really would to understand all the parts once it left the plant 
to to get a handle on that. I I have spent many an hour sitting around trying to figure out am I just missing the boat because I don't have a truck and drive that stuff all around myself. I mean, I spend money on all those movements, not very much, but it all has to add up. Yes. So I and don't it's, know. and by the way, it's Chuck Grassley. Chuck Grassley, that's it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Good, good deal. There you go. I just heard him on the radio the other day, and I'm listening to him. They pump him full of things to say, but he doesn't know. But yet, he's in the heart of the place to to have that kind of leverage. Yeah. Well, he's not that kind of farmer. No. Right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was the first thing you ever remember getting in trouble for when you were a kid? Probably something I did to my brother. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I was a good kid too. That's another one of my flaws. But um, oh, either that or kissing a girl, one or the other. I don't know. I don't, maybe, <laughs> maybe maybe you kissed your brother's girl. Or no, something. no, 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 no. Start no. a little rhubarb there. Like yeah. That. yeah. What's your What's your least favorite activity in the world that you? have done or will do or golfing no i'm just kidding oh stop it oh, <laughs> oh stop it i just pulled your chain i went golfing the other day and i didn't wear my glo- my shoe new shoes and i was terrible so it's got to be i shoes, told you but... you don't know this leanne but i bought him a pair of golf shoes will's got substantial foot mass and <laughs> big so flat feet i i it took me a while it took me months to find these shoes at a price I could afford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't want to kill a whole beef just to get the hide, you know? Yep. So anyway, he's uh he's getting better. Anyway, if you could erase one mistake from history, it could be your history or history in general, what would it be and why? Oh my goodness. Well, I know one I had one time. I had a farm equipment accident that Nobody got killed and nobody got maimed, but it was not a good deal. And and I grew up on a ranch, farm ranch. My dad came from a, a cattle background. It was all horse and and cows. There was no farming. And and he came here to Oregon where there's hay ground and farming. And we had those good wet years in the 80s. And we made lots and lots of alfalfa hay and sold hay all over the place. And so I grew up in that world. It was wonderful. But I did something we, we never learned how to mechanic. That was a bad deal. He did. Yeah. He wasn't a mechanic. I wasn't a mechanic. And uh, one day I drove a tractor and I tipped over a thousand gallons of fuel mm. onto a brand new piece of equipment. And it spilled all down this hill in the, in the barnyard. If it, if it would have caught fire, we'd have burned up the whole headquarters and the house and everything. It would have been a disaster. Wow. And that was a, that was a kids learn kids. Kids need to work on farms. Kids need to work. Kids need to work like that. They need to they need to make mistakes where the bumpers are sort of okay. I mean, kids die. Kids get hurt. They used to more, a lot more than they do now, I suppose, because they used to get to do things like when I was when I was eleven years old, I got to drive the tractor down the highway and into the field, and then and at that point, you put the tractor up on the hill. 
and you'd put it in first gear and you'd jump off over the back and you'd run around in front of it while it was crawling down the hill and throw the rocks in the bucket. You're picking rock. Yeah. And then you'd jump back, crawl back on the back and drive it over the edge of the field, dump the rocks and drive it back up. And, and that's what you did as 11, 12 years old. Right. And, and, but you, 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 you were safe, but you had your bumpers and you had your learning experiences. And so yeah. I think I was nine years old when I took that same tractor and stuck it right in the side of my dad's pickup and tipped it up on its side. But... <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had There's some... lots of dance, but we made yeah. it. We survived. Yeah. That's uh, I had some experiences like that. And, uh, and then, you know, kind of went full circle though. Cause when my dad got older, yeah, he was coming down from the main Oh yeah. The main farm and from the yes. arena and he came down and he had the manure spreader on the back and we didn't quite realize that he was having trouble, you know, with uh -huh. certain things at that time. And yeah. I get a call and he's got the tractor and the manure spreader in the ditch, like at a 45 degree uh, angle, we had to go fish it all out and stuff. And uh, that was yeah. kind of the last of his tractor driving, unless yeah. it was just in the main pastures or something on yeah. flat ground, you know, yep. like that. but yeah, yep. that was, I just looked at that and I went, Oh, that's all you could say was, Oh, he was all right. Yeah. yeah. You know? And a couple of guys that were working for me sit there and scratch their head. And so I went down and got the big, we had a semi, yeah. got the tractor off the semi or the truck folks and hooked it on there. And I, it was strong enough to pull everything out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, but we didn't let him sit on the tractor when I was pulling it out. So no. we had, had somebody else sit on it to kind yeah. of steer it, you know, like yep, that. Yep, so, yep. yeah, but I remember all that. Yep. Um, and I think I've asked you a, a version of this question before, but if we made you supreme ruler of the cattle business for a week, what would you do? I'd raise the price across the board. <laughs> maybe, maybe, well, I don't know. I don't know how to fix the problem. There's the only problem is a commodity problem cycle, cyclical, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, what goes up must come down back and forth. And so right now we're in a supply shortage and the prices all go up because it rations the supply. Then what's going to happen is the cattlemen are going to get healed up from the pains that they've been feeling, the growers, and they're going to then suddenly find themselves in a position where they have to pay taxes and they won't pay taxes. They just, they just, they know you can, when you run a business that has enough ebb and flow to it to, to not have to do that, you don't pay taxes. You keep some cattle back, you rent some pasture and keep some more cattle, whatever it is, you expand your operation because you now have cash. And they'll do the same thing. And then they'll hold the numbers. They'll hold the numbers up. They'll create a exploded quantity of cattle and the price will all go in the tank. And, 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 and it's either that, or it's become a government ran system like Canada, where it's a certain number and that's all you can have. I'm not into that. I'm not into anybody telling you what to do. So I guess it's let the cycle run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you could instantly become a master of a, musical instrument which one would it be probably well boy it'd be uh, maybe an acoustic guitar but maybe a saxophone i like the saxophone it's a nice sound and yeah it's a nice sound i like that but I, I we played a little guitar when i was a kid my dad picked away a little but nothing skilled i i wish i could do something a little more skilled 
Okay, so, and I know there's an answer for this question. What is something your spouse, Gabriella, was right or correct about, but you still think she was wrong? Oh, jeez. How could I ever think she was wrong? Um, Good answer. Her, yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, that would be her being right. She's always right. She's always she's always so right that you know, I the other day she said she's she said, I don't want to call and order the tacos the for the we had a whole group of us in Texas for dinner, you know, let's order this whole boatload of food. I don't want to do that. I think she made me do it so she could tell me how I did it wrong when I got done. So, <laughs> I don't know. Very smart. Oh, oh there you go. Um, biggest change that you think should be made in food advertising? I am. I don't even know. Do they advertise food? Well, you know, the, the uh, I struggle with the whole ad writing thing in the grocery business because the grocery still puts ads in papers and in print. And and to me, it seems old and out of date. Yet it, it's it's about getting in front of people and, and and those people who look at that. And I think I don't know how to break that code with the Internet. The, there's so many more players with so much bigger margins um all those ads jc penny or nike or whatever you see on your phone and you're on facebook all those have far bigger margins and far bigger organization to afford the ad that people are probably looking at the other side of that coin is the 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 merchandiser the head guy in charge of that 150 um albertson stores in salt lake city well i'm gonna make stuff up you know yeah, i'm yeah, just yeah. making stuff up but the guy who's in charge of that has 150 meat managers. He has to drive and push and carrot and get them to do their thing. The way to do that is to get an ad and write an ad for beef top sirloin steak and put it in and make a deal with the packing house and move this amount of tonnage and make that guy at the butcher shop have to buy 25 extra cases because the consumer has seen it on an ad somewhere. Right. So you see how that see how that model works. I see how the model works. I just I'm not sure that printing it works, but I don't know how to example of that I guess is <clears throat> when you watch Sling, I think it was Sling or Hulu, one of those streaming services we watched. I think it was Sling when you'd watch the 100 Days of Rodeo that the national ads would disappear off the TV and all of a sudden you'd see some local ad that kind of sort of almost fit what you had going on in your head. Yeah, mm -hmm. we're figuring it out. The ad thing is there. It's getting closer. OK, it's getting closer. OK. Uh, <clears throat> do you do you have a favorite classic movie? Because I always tell them mine's Casablanca. Yeah, well, we yeah, we watch we watch Rudy whenever Rudy comes by because I played football one time and it didn't come out the way you wanted it to. But. Rudy makes you feel good about sticking with it and staying with it. And, yeah. and you know what, he, he got in for one play, but you know what, he got in for one play. So, um, movies like that. Um, I don't watch a lot of movies, but, uh, there's just movies that stick when you go by because we work in the, 
you know, there's something that's not even on all this, the commodities, you know, today I talked to my, my hedge advisor uh, for hedging our cattle costs and such. And so t- t- uh, trading places is fun because when they're in the, when they're in the board of trade and they're talking about orange juice and they're talking about those values and stuff, we now have a sense of how much money that is and how that all works, you know? So yeah, yeah. that's fun. Not for the, all the other goofy stuff, but the, it's a, the other the trade, you know, but uh, yeah, uh, like everything in the with XM radio and all of us Gen Xers, we're all stuck in time. We have the freedom to be stuck in time. You yep. have to change. And well, and that's kind of wild. What's one thing you miss about your time in college? Yeah, <laughs> the people, probably yeah. the, pe- the people, the camaraderie, because <laughs> I'm in a town of 350 people. Uh I can't tell you. There's probably six of them in our age group. Uh, you know, I mean, and there's younger and there's older, yeah. a lot older, but the the people, you know, you don't connect with people like you should. Like right. You should. Um, what's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? I make the coffee and then I listen to a couple traders that that tell you about what happened in the, in their understanding of the trade. I spend a lot of time, I probably know too much and spend too much time. In fact, I know I do. I, I spend too much time worrying about what the industry is going to do as a whole, because the whole boat goes, you know, and the, and the, the, the water level for all of us is the same. And so I'm trying to outsmart the slot machine all the time, right? It is, is it going to move up? Is it going to move down? If it's going to move up, I want to get ahead of it with the futures market and, and buy some positions ahead and make some cash out of Chicago to help support us here. Is it going to go down? And can I place some, put some, am I going to be happy to put ads on the street? And what am I going to price my Christmas ribs at? And, and all those things. So I, but I probably focus on that too much. I'm not, I'm not sales guy enough. I need to be more, get my butt in the truck and drive three hours to Portland and go shake hands with customers. And sure. but there's so many miles in that, that, but I don't, but that's what I do. Okay. Um, two, two questions left. Name a book that should be mandatory reading for everybody. Well, you have to read to be able to name a book. <laughs> I agree. I forgot. I can tell you this. I forgot. Back, Excuse me. Back when I was trying to outsort the slot machine, well, I still do today, but there there was, I did read Rich Man, Poor Man, and a Rich Man, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the first paragraph told you everything you need to know. And and he says, you know, he talks to he he, he t- tells a story about sitting with a young lady who wrote a book, and she he says, what do you want to be? She says, I want to be a best selling author. And he said, well, it has nothing to do with writing a book. It's called best selling author. Right. You have to sell yourself, <clears throat> and you can yep. see that now at fifty plus years old. I can see that you know that all those country music stars that you liked that were hyped up, and now they're not. What were they when they were hyped up? They were selling themselves. Mm-hmm. When you, you know, you see that all the books that are out there on the, you know, bestsellers, they're selling those. Stuff. You got to sell. It's all about sales. Okay. So, so last one here. If your worst enemy was on death row, would you volunteer to prepare their last meal? 
<laughs> I'm not that kind of chef, but I could do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Give them a cow pie. What would it matter? Yeah. Give them the, give them the trots the last day. What do you think? I did. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Well, that depends. That's the only thing I can say. Oh. <laughs> anyway, Will Homer, CEO of Painted Hills Natural Beef. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it as always. God. And well. Ms. Whip, Ms. Whippin, thank you. Um, she's such a joy to be around. I'm not saying she, that she is. She we got to get her in here more, though. Well, on it. I'm going to see you soon. Okay, good. Good. Portland That'll be bound. Great. Yeah, yep. and then and, you know, and the next time you're on the show, she's gonna look at you and go, "What the hell was that?" And and <laughs> yep. you know, that's gonna be it. I anyway, can't wait. I that's can't gonna, wait. gonna be shove a lot in. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, kind of a quick turnaround time on that trip, but she'll be back too, so don't mm-hmm. worry about that. Okay, good. Uh, okay, folks, thank you. That's gonna wrap it up for us here on After Hours. I'm GT along with Leanne Whippen, Hall of Famer, and Mr. Will Homer, COO of. Painted Hills Natural Beef. Don't forget to check out Painted Hills Natural Beef online. Pick one website. I don't care which one. Ah, you, you get to them. Search for it. It'll show it's, up. Yeah. And um, use the code BBQ Nation and get a little spiff on your order there. Till next time. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for letting us into your life for a few minutes. Uh, take care. And remember our motto, turn it, don't burn it.